three, two, one. What's going on, Pastor Chris? Hey, Aaron. Good to see you. Uh, good to see you, too. Um, if you guys are new here, uh, my name is Aaron. I will be your host on the God is Awesome podcast. This is where we take time to go over other people, regular Christian uh, testimonies and talk about how God has been awesome in their lives. Um, and so if you like testimony podcasts, you want to learn more about you know other people's stories and stuff like that, maybe it's like relates to your own, um, please subscribe to iTunes or Stitcher or join the Facebook group or wherever you find this podcast. Anyway, we are going live on Facebook Live, so if any time we stop and take a break to talk to some of the uh, people in the room, that'd be great. Um, we've got Pastor Chris Voss, um, currently pastor of Sunlight Lake Worth, um, you know, down south in Lake Worth. And uh, I guess I'm just going to kick it over to you. Uh, you know, Pastor Chris, thanks for being on the show. Please take it away. Uh, a little bit of an origin story. How did you grow up? Your background? Yep. If I could, I, I know you told me right away, not right off the bat, don't diverge from what I was going to talk about. <laughs> but I got to say a word about the host before we dive in, because when we came four and a half years ago, my family and I, we sat down at Pastor Scott's house and we sat at a table with Aaron. And I tell you what, I mean, you guys know Aaron, but we laughed so hard. That <laughs> night. My kids just, you know, they loved your sense of humor and your personality. And uh, that was one of the many things God used to just say, hey, this is going to be a, a great place to connect and a great place to do ministry. Oh, so, well, finally, I'm glad that we are actually able to do this here. This is great. <laughs> okay. I, don't even know, I don't even know what I was saying. So that was, that was awesome. <laughs> Half the time, I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> So kudos to you, man, for uh, the first impression we had, and it's been oh, a, sweet. A great I'm glad. So I'm far. glad. Cool. Anyway, now to go back to my uh, origin story. Sounds yeah. like you're doing uh, Wolverine or something, you know, the origin <laughs> story. But uh, I grew up in a small town in Iowa. Uh, my dad was a truck driver. My mom was the custodian of our church. Uh, just humble beginnings but really good beginnings but my early life what i think of the most is uh, my early years especially going into middle school was just a, a sense of loneliness uh, i just did not have any friends uh, and i think that was and i look back now and i don't know whether it was because i was such an awkward kid you know and i didn't i didn't know how to make friends or whether it was just a tough uh, neighborhood, you know, to, to make friendships in the school that I went to. I'm not sure about that, but I just, one of the things that really stands out to me um, was I, I love to climb trees in my front yard. And so I would climb these great big maple trees in my front yard. And one day I just remember praying to God and I'm sitting outside right now. So I'm looking at the clouds right out on my back porch right now. And I just remember being up in that tree and I would go as high as I could so I could see the clouds. And I just remember crying out to God and saying, God, just show me a sign. Show me some sign that you're there, you know? And I stared at the clouds, I don't know for how long, hoping and praying that God would just open the skies or form a cloud or, you know, do something where I would see him and know that he was there. So how, how old were you at this point? You know, I'm not sure how old I was. I'm going to guess I was 10 or 11 at that point. And, 
So did you come from a Christian family? Your, you know, I, your dad was a truck driver, but was he Christian? Or, okay. Yeah, we were very much part of our church. Uh, we went, you know, at that time, twice every, every Sunday morning and evening, and then we would go uh, during the week as well. So, yeah, that was very much a part of my life. So you're a kid who likes climbing trees. and you're, <laughs> I love climbing trees, right? <laughs> it's like one of my favorite pastimes. But so you're climbing trees. You get to the highest part. You're looking up in the sky. You're asking God, like, give me a sign. Yeah. And you don't even know what kind of sign that was. No, I was open to anything. You know. Did you, did you get any sign? I didn't. You know, and I think it, it came out of my my loneliness, just this sense of why don't I have any friends, God? And I, one of my recurring prayers was just, God, give me friends. You know, mm -hmm. I just want somebody to hang out with. I wanted a a good friend that I could spend time with. And, yeah. You know, it's important for like someone developing, um, like a, as like a young person, how important is friendship, especially in regards to faith? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think, I mean, every, for everybody, it's different. But for me at that time, I can look back now and see what God was teaching me during that time, because even though he didn't show me a sign, mm -hmm. uh, he spoke into my life in powerful way. And. I, because I think I've looked so hard and wanted so much to hear from him, my heart and my eyes were more sensitive to see when he did speak to me. Yeah. And he impressed upon me the value of friendship. I, I don't think, maybe I have, but I don't think since that time I have taken my friendships for granted. Hmm. And That's really interesting. And I've learned, I think, since that time at an early age, how to be a good friend. Yeah. Because I was so hungry for friendship in the midst of my loneliness. Uh, one of the books, I think, I think my dad gave it to me. I never, I, I don't know where for sure it came from, but it was How to Win Friends and Influence People. Love it. Yeah. yeah. And I read that at a pretty young age. And it's just like, yeah, it, it's not rocket science, but it's people love to talk about themselves. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> I have a blast right now. Yeah. I get to talk yeah. <laughs> and I just like, man, I gotta, when I'm with people, I, I need to be a good listener. You know, mm -hmm. I need to add good, ask good questions. And, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting because a lot of times in um, like young adult ministry, even youth ministry, people move here, right? And you know, like people move to Florida and they underestimate the value of friendship. Yeah. And they underestimate, underestimate the value in their life for community. And I think I heard C.S. Lewis put it one time, like, friendship has no intrinsic, like, innate, like, survival value. But it makes, like, the, it puts the value in, like, life and how you operate in it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely, like, that's a super important lesson for someone to learn is the value of friendship really at an early, early age. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing that that loneliness taught me during that time in my life was my friendship with God. Mm. Uh, through yeah. my parents, especially my mom, who was always there for me. Every day I'd come home from school, my mom was there uh, waiting to listen and hear about my day. But my mom and my dad both, I'll talk more about my dad later, but they both, you know, turned to God in the midst of their struggles. And I, I saw that early on, you know, and so... I just had this, you know, in a very immature way, a friendship with God yeah. in my life at that point. Because in some ways I felt like he was my only friend. And, uh, yeah. 
and that you know that I cherish that to this day is his presence with my life when nobody else was there that God was there with me that's awesome and even though I don't have a specific day you know that I can say I knew that I had this this closeness or connection with God but throughout my early life and especially middle school years it was uh you know, that connection and friendship with God was one of the most important things in my life. Do you have any uh, advice for um, someone who might not feel like, I mean, young or old, if they don't feel like they have any friends here? Because I assume that's a lot of people. Yeah. Do you have any advice for someone who doesn't have any friends in Florida? Yeah, that's that's a great question. I think cling to God, you know. I always, my, one of my pictures is always... Uh, Jacob when he was wrestling with God and when he realized who he was wrestling with he wouldn't let go you know and I, I just think more than anything else hold on to God yeah because uh, I think we tend to move in the direction of we get our value from other people you know and if I have good friendships and they love me then I have value mm -hmm. where it, it begins we have to know that our value comes from God first and if yep. we don't know that, then then we we're not going to be a good friend, and we're not going to know what good friendships are like. Yeah. And uh, so I think it starts with God and your your relationship with Him, and it grows from there. For He's sure. I do into what friendship looks like. Cool. Yeah. So uh, where does uh, that take us into your testimony, then? Well, uh, next point. Uh, I think uh, one of the turning points in my life as I think about those three um, was an accident. When I was in uh, high school, I it was one of the first times I got to drive. I just had my license, mm -hmm. and Mom and Dad trusted me to take the family vehicle to school that day. And uh, it was, I grew up in Iowa, so it was uh, dead of winter. Yeah. Uh, there had been a lot of snowfall recently. Uh, I don't know, Aaron, if you've ever grown up driving on snow or you know what that's like, but it's... Uh... No, no idea. <laughs> no, zero idea, unfortunately. <laughs> so poor, il poor illustration for South Florida. <laughs> this is my story. Uh -huh. uh, and I was supposed to go straight to school, straight home. Mm-hmm. And the main roads were pretty clear, but the side roads were packed, hard packed snow. So of course I had a couple of my buddies in the car. I did, by the, by the way, by the time I got to high school, I, I had some friends. So this was awesome. Uh, That's good. And some good friendships in my life. But I had some friends in the car with me and I, you know, it was early to school. So I had to drive around a little bit, right? I had to, had this, I don't know, stretch my wings or whatever you call it, and just kind of drive around a little bit, have a little bit of fun before school started. So did you like pull the e-brake and started sliding around and stuff like that? I was not doing anything fancy. <laughs> I was just trying to keep it, you know, between the lines and drive safe. But when somebody starts a car early in the morning, when it's really, really cold, it's like there's this cloud of steam and smoke that is abnormal. You know when it's really cold weather okay and so somebody had just started their car uh, along the these side streets and so we basically drove into this huge cloud of smoke or steam or whatever it is in the cold of winter 
And I did not see the other car coming from the other direction because of all the smoke. And we basically hit head on. And it wasn't a bad accident. That sounds really bad, but we were both going relatively slow. Okay. And we probably could have stopped if it hadn't been for the slick roads, you know. So we just, bam, right into each other, sliding with our, you know, our brakes sliding in the snow. And it wasn't, you know, it wasn't a traumatic as far as everybody was okay. You know, nobody got hurt, seriously, little bumps and bruises. But our family didn't have a lot of money. And when I wrecked that van, I knew immediately you know, this was a hardship for me. Uh, it was really our primary vehicle for my mom and dad and our, my two brothers. Uh, there was no money to replace it, you know. And I got from the police. They brought me to school. You know, the principal says, well, you got to call your family. You know, let them know what's going on. And I'm like, I'm dialing the phone thinking, uh, Lord, just please let mom answer the phone. <laughs> uh, my dad, I love my dad, but he could be a hard person, you know? Yeah. And I, I'd, I'd felt his, his wrath before, not in a grounded or spanked way, but, but yeah, I, I knew what it was to have my bottom, you know, tan. Oh, spanked. <laughs> but he wouldn't do that at that age in my life. You know? Oh, gee, you're never too old. Never too old. Especially you wreck the car. You're never too old. <laughs> uh, but anyway, it was just like, I just, I was just praying as I'm dialing the phone, Lord, let mom answer the phone, you know, uh, I'd rather tell her than dad. And, mm -hmm. um, and sure enough, I, I dial the phone and my dad answers and yeah. I said, dad, I wrecked the van. You know? And I'll never forget what my dad said. He didn't ask me details. He didn't ask me how bad it was. He said, Chris, are you okay? I said, yeah, dad, I'm fine. He said, that's all that matters. We'll work out the rest, you know? And that was all he had to say, you know? And I just, I never forgot that moment because I think it gave me a picture of God's grace in a way that I hadn't seen it before, understood it before. That we come to God expecting judgment, yeah. knowing that we don't deserve his grace. Because that's how I came to my father that day, you know. I knew I didn't deserve his grace and his forgiveness. Mm -hmm. And yet he gave it so freely. Yeah. And I never forgot that. And it gave me a picture of God that I didn't have before. And it was a, a real a turning point for me in my relationship with God and my understanding of who I was as God's child, you know, that I was his son no matter what. And uh, it didn't matter what my actions produced and the consequences and the wrong things that I do, that his forgiveness was always ready for me. And uh, mm -hmm. that was a powerful moment for me. Oh, that's great. That's great. Jeez, yeah, it's because a lot of people can live in, like, fear, you know, yeah. of, of God, like, punishment and judgment. And uh, sure. yeah, that shows, like, supreme grace in that. Yeah. So tell, me, tell me more about your father. Like, what kind of person is he? Yeah. Well, it's interesting you ask that because my dad uh, was my best man at my wedding all, oh, yeah? these, all these many years ago now okay. that I was married. But yeah, um, through the next story I'm going to tell you, I developed a, a really close relationship with my dad. 
And uh, yeah, watching him go through what he went through in life uh, really shaped uh, my understanding of God and how I approach God. Because it wasn't too many years after that incident with the car that my dad went through a pretty severe depression. And he struggled with depression at different times throughout his life. And I have, I think I have remnants of that in my life because I've, I've had my moments, you know, not to the severity that my dad has, mm -hmm. but he had lost his job. And so he was struggling to find another position somewhere. And he was really hurting and really in a low place. And uh, I'll never forget, he sat at the kitchen table with my brothers and I. And uh, as we did every night, that was such a, an important value for me that I've tried to pass on to my family is we always had our dinner together. Family. Start with prayer, we would end with devotions. But instead of devotions that night, my dad started to cry. And he wasn't a very, at that point in his life, a very emotional person. Since that time, God has made him very, he shares his emotions quite readily. But we grew up in a pretty stoic family. Yeah. And so to see my dad start crying just really took me aback. You know, all of a sudden my brothers and I are like, what is happening? What is going on? We got a dad. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, so, and he apologized to us for his failures as a father. And uh, hmm. that was something we didn't hear very often either from my dad. How old were you? Uh, I was probably 17, 16, somewhere around there. And uh, he sat there and apologized for his failures as a father. And my dad, you know, I mean, he ruled the home. In some ways, I mean, when when Dad something said something, that's the way it was going to be. Yeah. And it wasn't very often that I saw that kind of humility from my dad and that kind of vulnerability, especially that he would admit that he was wrong and that he had failures. You know, that mm -hmm. was uh, that was big. And it's interesting. My I've talked to my dad many times about this since that time, and he looks back at that time you know, as one of the worst times in his life. And that was a, a set, you know, just a bad moment for him as he sat with us at the dinner table. But for me, I saw God in my father. I saw the person of Jesus Christ in my dad that night in a way that I had never seen it before. Hmm. And I really tried to let that shape my ministry ever since and my life. Uh, D.T. Niles was a theologian who said, you know, evangelism is really, you know, we're beggars telling other beggars where to find food. Yeah. And I love that image because that's what I saw in my dad that night at the dinner table. He was a beggar and he was ready to admit it. You know, I mean, he was broken. And but what I heard through my dad was. I'm turning to God. In my failure and in my brokenness and my depression, I am holding on to God. And I wanted to be like my dad and I wanted to follow my dad more that night than I had ever experienced up to that point in my life. Hmm. And yeah, like I said earlier, it really shaped my relationship with 
my dad, but it also really shaped my understanding and my approach to God. Sure, sure. But also to other people. I've always tried in my preaching and in the way I uh, do ministry to say, I want to, I don't want to come from a position of power and knowledge, you know, like I've got this figured out and I need to tell you what to do. Yeah. But I want to try and approach people from a position of vulnerability to say, man, I've been through stuff too. It may not be the same as what you've been through, but my brokenness and my need for God is every bit as real as yours is. Yeah. I think God uses that, you know. You said you said that was like um depression for your for your dad? Yeah. Yeah. Was there any like trigger reason? You know, I think it was more hereditary than anything. Interesting. Yeah, his his mom, his biological mother who passed away early in life, I didn't really know her that well, but she spent a fair amount of time in and out of institution. I mean, she was in patient therapy for a good part of her adult life. Wow. And I think that that had a pretty profound impact on my dad's, just the way he approached life and his mental, you know, just his chemistry. Yeah. What, um, yeah. What, what does that do for you as far as like your understanding of people depression and maybe even ministry yeah yeah there's a part about my early life that i skipped over when you asked that question it triggered it so i'm going to jump back there for a minute but it uh i had a pretty severe case of acne that developed in middle school sorry what was it a severe case of acne oh okay acne yeah i mean it was it was very bad Mm -hmm. uh and I had it not only on my face, but on my chest and back. And I remember rare moments when I was at the beach or something with my shirt off and kids would look at me and ask their mates, you know, what's wrong with that guy? You know, and it was just, I just felt like I had the plague, you know. And I know it's hard to believe being so strikingly handsome now. I believe it's like, what are you even talking about here? (laughs) (laughs) But I felt so ugly, you know, at that time in my life. And I think both watching my dad go through what he did and, and feeling that loneliness and ugliness that I felt as a young man has shaped a heart of, I hope, a heart of compassion in me, you know, that. I want to be sensitive to people who are struggling with the loneliness and the pain and uh, yeah, just the challenges of life. Yeah. That's a long answer to your question, but I know I, I, I totally get that. I was um, when I moved from California, San Diego to Florida at 17, I was extremely lonely for like years of my life. Yeah. That's like really softened my heart towards, people who move here and are lonely, they don't have a community. It's like drives my whole uh, understanding of what community is, what friendship is similar to yours. Um, but you, you had an earlier, like middle school growing up into high school, I had it, I had all my friends and I had them rip away to start my college years, my senior year in college years. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I, loneliness is a, uh, is like a secret killer because no one really wants to admit that they're lonely. It's kind of soft, right? It's kind of like, it's a little weak to be lonely. Like, oh, I don't need anybody. 
Yeah. Is there like a, do you think there's like a, a cultural thing there that like a cultural norm that makes it hard for people to admit that they're lonely? Yeah, I, I haven't thought, I haven't thought about that, but I think you're right. I think it's it's like to say you're lonely is is in some ways, uh, it's like fishing for friendships. Yeah, right. It's like not a, not a good way to do it. it no, it's like, hey, I'm lonely. You type that into Facebook. It's like, sorry, man. It's like, it's like so. Like, how do you? How do we as a church? How do we answer that need? Yeah. I think for me, you know, especially reading that book too, how to win friends and influence people. It's like, it's discipleship helps us understand that it's not about us. Right? I think that was one of the biggest things for me that I had to learn about friendships was that it didn't start with me. You know, it wasn't that I had to be a certain way or had to, you know, just the, this focus wasn't on me. Yeah. I think the focus has to be, on God, first of all, and then on other people. And when I began to focus on God and other, other people, suddenly I, I didn't think about loneliness anymore. Yeah. Uh, That's interesting. Hmm. I always think of that book, you know, uh, The Purpose Driven Life, that the opening line in the first chapter of that book that has impacted so many people's lives. I mean, it's the best selling book next to the Bible. It's crazy. The opening line is, it's not about you. Yeah, that's true. So I think that's counterintuitive. It is. It really is. Hey, I'm lonely. I'm lonely. Sorry, dude. It's not about you. (laughs) It's like, like, oh. And then then maybe like gospel entry there somewhere. Yeah. 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 I mean, to leave them there. (laughs) This is crazy. Yeah. It sounds harsh, but there's freedom in that. There really is. There's freedom in knowing that, like, hey, it's not about getting people to like you. Yeah. Because you keep striving for that, no one will like you. But if you start, you know, promoting that, you know, you know, God is just like God, right? Just yeah. get to know God, not get to know me. It's like it's different. Yeah. Kind of, it's a different style of <laughs> addressing loneliness for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, before we break, uh, is there anything else you want to uh, talk about, like the major impacts in your in your testimony? Um, anything else that we maybe skipped over a little too fast, or um, is that it? No, I, I think we've hit hit the highlights. And- yeah. Awesome. Yeah, a lot of that seems early in life for you, for sure. Yeah. How did that carry over into ministry? Um, I'm sure a lot of people want to know uh, a little bit about. Uh, your ministry in Sunlight Lake Worth. Um, how has it been? It's been, what do you say, four years, right? Yeah. yeah. Broad strokes. I'm, this this podcast is not about sunlight or, or the church or anything, but this is a big part of us ministers, what we do. Yeah. Uh, how, how's it going? Well, it's going great. Yeah. My passion in ministry, you know, uh, is always to, find those people who are far from God because I think loneliness, depression, I mean, distance from God is one of the most painful things that people can experience. Yeah. And it has been such a blessing. I mean, just last week we had uh, VBS and yeah. there were, I mean, there's lots of kids there, but there were two or three there that I know are not from a Christian home, you know, and they're hearing the Bible stories for the very first time. That's great. 
And there's so much power in that connection. And the other people, you know, that we've been able to connect with since I've been here from the community that were far from God when they initially started coming and we built relationships with them. And to see that journey, you know, there's this one guy, uh, I won't say his name because he might watch it, but he, he probably wouldn't care. But regularly he's saying to me after church, you know, he comes in tears and he's, he's just like, I don't know what God's doing to me. You know, it's just like, <laughs> yeah, sit here, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, dude, God's, God's, that's the Holy spirit. You know, yeah. he, God's doing something. <laughs> yeah, he, he's drawing you to himself. And yeah. I hope that's what people hear in my story too, is that it was God, you know, drawing me to himself through those challenges. And, uh, I know that he can do that for anybody who's listening. That's that's absolutely true. That's absolutely true. Can I ask you two more questions? Um, sure. The first one being, where is Sunlight Lake Worth headed? What are you hoping for in the future? What gets you excited about uh, moving towards the future? Yeah, a couple of things. I mean, one is the is young families, mm. and our preschool is is growing. Uh, you know, you've been a part of that journey and helping us do that, but. Uh, it's finally God has opened a door for us to reach more families through the preschool. Absolutely. And uh, I'm excited about that because having young families is such a huge thing for Lake Worth and for our future. Um, and the other thing is, you know, just what I've already mentioned is just, you know, those connections with the community Yeah. Uh, that we are representing the community that we're a part of. Uh, Eli's leadership is part of that, you know. Eli is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> He's a great guy, and yeah. I love working with him. But his, you know, just his influence as a Hispanic leader in our community—that's a huge part of who we are as a community. And and we want to be a community that, or a church that represents our community. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, so we're beginning to see God do that in some really good ways. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're praying for you um, always and uh, for sure. And, and super excited about everything God is doing, uh, using, doing through you and using you uh, in Lake Worth for sure. Um, I'm so thankful for Sunlight uh, Port St. Lucie because we, we couldn't be doing the ministry that we're doing without the support of the central campus. So, oh, man, we, we all play our parts, but honestly, you, you provide a lot of leadership down south. And I hope Thanks, I'm not sure how many people are going to watch this down down there, but I hope people up here know that there is awesome leadership headed up by Pastor uh, Chris and Eli and everyone else who's under his staff. And uh, yeah. there, it's we're super super excited. Um, I got one last question for you, and it's how we end every um, podcast. But before we end, I want to give a quick shout out to everyone who joined us live. Pam, we see you. Dan, we see you. Um, uh, chipping in on Facebook and all that. If you guys are still with us towards the end, I just want to thank you for watching or listening, whatever you're doing with this podcast. Um, if it's something that you found um, useful that might bless someone else, especially someone who's struggling with loneliness and understanding who God is in, in the midst of it, please share it with them. I'm sure, you know, Pastor Chris won't mind, won't, won't hesitate or anything. Absolutely. Um, if you guys would, please subscribe to all the channels, Stitcher, Instagram, wherever we're not on Instagram, <laughs> uh, iTunes or Facebook or wherever we find podcasts. Anyway, uh, Pastor Chris, I want to ask you one last question, and it's super important because it's how we end every uh, show. It's a time of worship. Why do you think God is awesome? I think God is awesome because he uh, he uses 
broken vessels like this guy, uh, uh, a lonely loser <laughs> who, who uh, began life uh, with nobody in the middle of nowhere and uh, that I'm valuable to him. I, I just, I find that amazing. And that in small ways, I mean, not big ways, but in small ways, he uses me to uh, share his grace with the people in my life. And I just feel so in awe of him that he would ever use uh, a broken vessel like myself to do anything. Yeah. And, and yet that's his plan. And, uh, and he's awesome for that. And I'm grateful to have the purpose and the meaning that I do in life. And uh, I hope I live a, every day uh, grateful for that. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you guys for watching. Thank you, Pastor Chris, for joining us. If you guys have any questions or um, if you're ever in Lake Worth, visit Pastor Chris at Sunlight Lake Worth um, Sunday, Sunday mornings, obviously. Anyway, <laughs> thank you guys for tuning in. We will see you guys.